You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. Russia's deputy president, Medyev, Dmitry Medyev, and of course their president, Putin, have continued to threaten that if more missiles are moved into range of Russia, they will start attacking NATO targets. And now that there are U.S. aircraft carriers in range with hypersonic missiles, he said this isn't basically a threat, it's, it's a promise on behalf of the Russian Air Force that we may attack you. China says they own the South China Sea. They're a thousand miles away, literally attacking fishing boats in the Philippines. Philippine Coast Guard divers cut an underwater cable and unmoor a 300-meter floating barrier that China placed to prevent Philippine fishing vessels from accessing the Scarborough Shoal. A gesture that underscores Manila's growing defiance of Beijing's claims to the prime fishing grounds. The tiny mid-ocean outcrop, seized by China in 2012, has become a global geopolitical flashpoint. And attacking oil drilling platforms off the coast of Vietnam. I think Putin is, is out of line saying that the you know, U.S. aircraft carriers can't be in the Mediterranean. That's a free open sea. And there's Russian nuclear submarines off our coast. Admiral James Fogel, the commander of U.S. naval forces in Europe, is particularly concerned about this submarine, the Severodvinsk, nuclear-powered and armed with land-attack cruise missiles with a range greater than 1,000 miles. The Severodvinsk is a brand new class of submarine, and it's uh, very capable, it's very quiet. So that's uh, the most important thing, I think, in submarine warfare. When you say quiet, you're saying harder to detect, harder to track. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Does that sub come down into the Atlantic? Suffice it to say that the Russians have increased uh, their presence in uh, all bodies of water around Europe and in the Atlantic. Pentagon officials told 60 Minutes that last summer the Severodvinsk slipped into the Atlantic Ocean and for weeks evaded all attempts to find it. In peacetime, losing a Russian sub in the Atlantic is embarrassing. In a crisis, it could be a disaster. Think about uh, the global infrastructure that rests on the bottom of the ocean. You're talking about the undersea cables. That's correct. Those fiber optic cables carry 99.4% of the data exchanged over the Internet by the U.S. and its allies and trading partners. Depending on your point of view, they are either the backbone or the Achilles heel of the world economy. So we're going to threaten to nuke Russia because they got nuclear weapons off our coast? This needs to stop. It needs to stop right now. This is out of control. I'm not going to sit there and back any one group and, and, then, and then distort my research to comport with that group. I'm an American, I'm a Christian, I'm a father, I'm a patriot, and I'm pro-America. But our country's hijacked by the worst criminals the world's ever seen. China's run by a client state that's just as bad as the globalists. Russia didn't start this war. The globalists admit they started it nine years ago, overthrowing the Ukrainian elected government. So I've been against the war, but I'm also against Russia escalating. But NATO's escalating, so that's just how this is going to work. Putin orders air patrols over the Black Sea to carry Kinzhal missiles that are anti-ship. I mean, there's the Mediterranean right there. U.S. aircraft carriers. There's the Black Sea a few hundred miles away from each other. So this is going downhill real, real fast.
begins all dagger is a Russian nuclear-capable aeroballistic air-to-surface missile. It has a claim range of more than 2,000 kilometers, 1,200 miles. Our planes, MiG-31, armed with Kinsall missiles. They are known to have a range of over 1,000 kilometers at speed Mach 9. So what he's saying is, we've loaded nuclear missiles on our aircraft a few hundred miles away from you, and their range is over 1,000 miles. And this is not a threat, it's a message from the Air Force to the U.S. Traditional ballistic missiles follow a parabolic trajectory, a predictable arc that goes up and down like a ball. It means they can be detected early in flight. Hypersonic glide vehicles work differently. They exploit physics using drag and friction so they can fly in all directions like an aircraft, but at super fast speeds, making them very difficult to detect until it's too late. You can talk about who runs the world. BlackRock, the Chi-Coms, the all the different organizations and groups. The Rothschilds. We have a nuclear war. to the American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, filling in for the great Harrison Smith. I will be with you most of the next two months, but don't worry, Harrison Smith is filling in for Owen Schroyer on the Sacred War Room, while Owen is on a little vacation sponsored by the U.S. federal government. It is an honor and a pleasure to be with you. So much going on, so much news to cover today. Obviously, the main story over the last couple of weeks has been the war between Israel and Hamas, or should I say World War III, as every single nation seems to get roped in to this conflict. Israel's war in Gaza is do or die, says Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, after a vow to cut head off the snake of Iran. Obviously, Iran did not directly attack Israel, but they are said to have sponsored the Hamas attacks on Israel. And it seems reasonable to me that that was the case, given that we saw reports in the last couple of weeks that the planning of this attack began years ago, just after the United States left Afghanistan. We know that the Biden administration left millions upon millions of dollars of weapons behind small arms and large equipment alike. And we've seen from the footage in the Gaza Strip after this terrorist attack on Israel that the members of the Palestinian community were celebrating their great victory of kidnapping, murdering, and raping civilians while holding not AK-47s from Russia but M4s from the United States, weapons very similar to those that would have been left behind in Afghanistan – And it really begs the question, how is it that Israel didn't know this was going to happen, given that Mossad is considered the most sophisticated intelligence agency in the world? How is it that something like this could be planned with international antagonistic support for two years without either the CIA or Mossad knowing that it's going to happen? And why is it that these American-made weapons are seen in the footage that we're getting from Gaza – after this conflict began. And it seems to me very likely that what happened was Iran purchased the guns and either gave them to Hamas or sold them to Hamas, these small arms that were used, and began coordinating and planning this attack two years ago. 
And the fact that it has been two years and Israel has not seen it coming publicly implies to me that that is the lie. And everyone wants to think of this as good versus evil. We grew up in this Western Christian culture where we have the light side of the force versus the dark side of the force. We have good versus evil. Every time that the United States is in a conflict, we try to pretend it's World War II and it's innocent young men bravely storming the beach of Normandy to fight evil Nazis on the other side committing genocide against innocent civilians. But not all wars are so black and white. Not all wars are so clear-cut good versus evil. And so the challenge for me has been to take this nuanced approach, this nuanced interpretation, where I believe that Hamas is an evil terrorist organization. I believe that the religion that fuels it is disproportionately disposed to violence compared to all other religions. But I simultaneously believe that The government of Israel, not the Jewish people, but the government of Israel knew that this was coming and allowed it to happen so that they would gain international support to wipe all of the Palestinians off of the planet. And I know that we've covered things like mental health issues in Palestine. We've covered things like cousin marriage being over 30% among first cousins, over 40% for people married to either their first or second cousin. That's 40% of all marriages in the region are between at least first or second cousins. We've covered things like deformities, violence, and the average age in the region is 18, which means that half the people in the area are children, though I'm sure that many of those children or teenagers have been militarized. And I think Israel realized at the highest levels of its government that they could simultaneously stifle the internal political conflict that they've been having, this sort of soft civil war that's been going on in Israel as Bibi has fought to maintain and gain power in the region and eradicate their enemy abroad or next door, so to speak, by allowing something like this to happen. Alex Jones famously predicted on March 6th of 2021 that 9-11 would happen. And not only did he say that there would be a terrorist attack on the World Trade Center, but he explicitly stated that airplanes would be flown into the towers on March 6th of 2001. We played that clip numerous times on this network. Again, in July of that year, I believe it was July 25th of 2001, Alex Jones stated that there was going to be another attack and that they were going to blame Osama bin Laden. And then, of course, it happened, thus fulfilling the Alex Jones prophecy that the government uses terrorist attacks as a pretext to usher in the new world order, new government powers at the expense of the American people and the American people's rights. And so if the United States government is predisposed to do this sort of, I don't want to say false flag because the attack actually happened, but to allow this sort of attack to happen for greater political gain down the road, then why is it that we don't assume that any other nation would do the same thing. Why is it that we understand that 9-11 was likely, at least in part, an inside job, but when something happens to Israel, we immediately default to an emotional response. These are God's people, Judeo-Christian values, have a right to the region. We immediately default to this emotional response and throw all reason out the window. And I'm somebody who believes that regardless of who was there first, Israel has a right to defend itself, and it has a right to occupy that land because I believe in the right of conquest. I'm an American citizen. I live in the United States of America. I live in Texas, the greatest country on on earth. And 
Texas technically should be Mexico if we're going to argue about who was where first, right? But I'm living here happily. We have this headquarters here operating happily. And so I believe regardless of who was in Israel, that if Israel can keep it, if they can keep it alone, without aid from the United States, without being sponsored by some parent country, then Who cares who had a right to it or who was there first or whose holy land it was? If they can keep it, fine, it's theirs. But at the same token, I believe that they allowed this attack to happen. And so we are not in a situation with this conflict in which we're thinking about good versus evil. We're thinking about evil versus more evil. Who is the evil-er of the two, for lack of a better term? And it seems to me that in this instance, It's very difficult to make that decision. I would suggest that it's probably Hamas because of what we saw with that attack. And I know that there's questions about decapitated babies and whether or not this actually happened or this person actually died. There's obviously been exaggerations from the IDF, from the prime minister of Israel about some of the specifics of the attack. But there is no doubt that an attack happened and that civilian communities were explicitly targeted. That is universally accepted as true historical fact Something happened that was definitely a violation of the human rights of the Israelis. But there's a case to be made that Israel knew this was going to happen. And so when you have an issue with an adjacent country that's a terrorist country where over half the population supports Hamas, where you have these mental illness issues, where half the population is under the age of 18, we've got this radicalized version of Oliver Twist going on. And – The government of Israel knew that going through and breaking down doors and clearing houses was going to result in millions of casualties, hundreds of thousands of casualties in the least of Israeli soldiers. And so I believe that what they decided to do was allow this attack to happen so that they could level the entire region. And it's unfortunate because what's happening is innocent people are dying. Women and children are dying. And I know you can say that Hamas is intentionally putting its infrastructure in civilian areas so that civilians will die so that they can use that as a propaganda tool against Israel. And that's probably true, too. But the fact that Israel just doesn't care and does it anyway is also problematic, isn't it? So we have a situation in which Israel is doing everything it can to wipe these people off the earth. But unfortunately, anybody who survives in the region is undoubtedly going to hate Israel. Every single child that survives a dead father or a dead mother or dead both is going to be a radicalized Hamas supporter as an adult. And so Israel is creating more enemies in the future, increasing the tension of the conflict. And we're going to get more into how this could lead to World War III in the next segment and throughout the rest of the show. Stick with us, folks. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com. Get BrainForce Plus at 60% off and be the reason that we are still on the air. We have three original, one-of-a-kind toothpaste designed by my father, a dentist, at InfoWarsStore.com that don't have fillers, that are filled with high-quality essential oils and more. We have the turmeric toothpaste. We have the ultimate tooth whitening with coral calcium toothpaste and we have the amazing activated charcoal toothpaste again with a whole bunch of key essential oils that are so good not just for your teeth and your gums but your whole mouth your throat and more these are really game-changing toothpaste they're very very strong most over-the-counter toothpaste have fluoride ours don't and it doesn't have fillers in it it is just chock full of incredible things that god gave us through mother nature so it's now back in stock it became a bestseller 
The turmeric toothpaste is available again at InfoWorksStore.com. We're selling out of the tooth whitening toothpaste. We've got some of that left. And we also have some of the amazing activated charcoal toothpaste in stock, but it's running out as well. So all three toothpastes in stock for a limited time, InfoWorksStore.com. The most powerful InfoWars life formula yet. DNA Force Plus is now back in stock for 50% off in our flash sale. This elite formula contains the most cutting-edge enzymes, potent antioxidants, and traditional naturally occurring ingredients to protect the vitality of your berry DNA. The powerhouse ingredients in DNA Force Plus include PQQ, CoQ10, organic reishi mushroom, astrologus root, rhodiola root, and an array of even more incredible antioxidants antioxidants, and extracts carefully chosen to help support healthy heart function while promoting energy production down to the cellular level. Provide your cells and DNA with the protection they need and try a bottle of DNA Force Plus today for 50% off or for 35% off. Grab the combo pack with DNA Force Plus and Body's Whole Support. Better hurry though because these sales will be over in a flash at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, hosting the show today and for the next two months until Owen Schwarzer gets back from vacation just in time for Christmas. Meanwhile, if you're missing Harrison Smith, which I would be too if I was listening, then check out The War Room because he's going to be hosting The War Room for two months, folks, in the afternoon. So you won't even have to get up early in order to hear him. Instead of hearing him on the way to work, you can hear him on the way back. Joe Biden demands billions to fly and bus more migrants into U.S. communities. President Joe Biden's deputies are asking Congress for $14 billion extra dollars to help bus illegal migrants up to the U.S. border and onward into hotels in many cities and towns around the nation. Meanwhile, Donald Trump Jr. issued this amazing tweet, which I shared earlier this week. Of course, Customs and Border Patrol waits until Saturday morning to release the new disastrous border numbers so that no one is paying attention. So we understand what the invasion of our southern border looks like. 267 terrorists, parentheses, these were caught. Imagine how many got through, in parentheses. 8 million plus illegal aliens since Biden took office. That's, I believe, a larger population than the city of Chicago. And I think we have several states that actually have a smaller population than this, too. So we've been adding states to the United States of America via this invasion. 72,823 illegal special interest aliens from countries that harbor terrorism over the last two years. And this is not an accident or a coincidence, he says. This is deliberate by Democrats, and it will destroy our country. But we want Biden here. We've got Biden here saying that he wants to fund this continued abuse. And so what's going to happen is this conflict in Israel is going to continue to escalate. And it's likely going to escalate beyond just the West Bank or the Gaza Strip and into Iran. I don't know if it's going to escalate via hot war or increased sanctions and pressure. 
And we have a situation in which these sleeper cells are being placed in our country just waiting to be activated. And you can look up the statistics. They've done analysis in the United States and abroad of what percentage of Muslim Americans or just Muslims worldwide approve of suicide bombing. And the statistics are alarming. And keep in mind, folks, it doesn't have to be over 50% for the statistics to be alarming. If one out of 10 Muslims in a country is okay with suicide bombing, don't you think that those might be likely to actually listen to a call for jihad when Hamas puts out the call? And so if we've caught 267 actual terrorists and there's tens of thousands of people of interest that have been crossing the border, we know that 8 million plus have gotten through uncaptured. There are terrorists being imported into this country. And so if we've learned anything from 9-11, we know that the deep state loves terrorist attacks because they can use those in order to expand their own power and engage in the entrepreneurship of war. So much money is to be made off of international conflict. And by leaving Afghanistan in the way that we did – We didn't just abandon the Afghani people. We didn't just make Afghanistan a less stable region or area in the greater region. We actually set the Middle East up to be a catalyst for World War III, which seems to me to be something that we may, not we, but the deep state may have actually wanted all along. We see a report here from Fox News that there's been a string of Hamas Islamic Jihad rocket misfires that have resulted in the deaths of multiple civilians in Gaza, according to the IDF. And I can just imagine Harrison responding to this headline. The IDF reports that somewhere between 20 and 40 percent of all rockets that they send off are misfired. And I don't doubt it. But to say that these Civilian deaths are exclusively the result of Hamas is really a mischaracterization. Obviously, Hamas has no value of human life. Obviously, Hamas doesn't care about civilians. We saw what it did to the Israeli civilians. We see what it does daily to its own civilians, putting them in vulnerable situations. But just because Hamas doesn't care about civilians doesn't necessarily mean that the government of Israel, and I'm specifically saying the government of Israel because I am distinguishing between Jews and Israel. They are two different things. I don't care what Ben Shapiro tells you. You can be anti-Israel and anti, excuse me, and not anti-Semitic. It's possible to distinguish between the two because after all, A government is not a religion. A government is not an ethnicity. It is a corporation. It is a corporation with a monopoly on power in a region, and virtually every genocide that has ever been committed in the history of the world has been committed by a government. And to say that Israel is Judaism is like Fauci saying that he is science. It's just not true. And I understand that Ben Shapiro is a Jewish fella and that he's got an emotional investment in this. I understand that when he was 12 years old, he played the theme song on his little violin of Schindler's List and that emotionally he is invested in this fight, but it doesn't make him right this time. And I really do respect Ben Shapiro, actually. I think he's a brilliant guy. I disagreed with him on Trump. I think he he talks a little fast. His voice is a little whiny, whatever. I think he's a brilliant dude and I'm happy for his success, but he's an Israel first guy. He's not an America first guy, and he has a right to be an Israel first guy, but we should understand that about him. 
And so whatever he says about this conflict, you have to take with a grain of salt because if anybody was going to be emotionally invested in the outcome of this, it's Ben Shapiro. And so, yes, I agree that Hamas probably does inadvertently kill its own people with rockets. And I don't know what happened in that hospital last week. I don't know if it was a rocket misfire that blew up in the courtyard of that hospital, resulting in the deaths of people that were camped out in the the courtyard. I don't know if Israel did it and then blamed Hamas. Either way, don't we know that Israel was warning the hospital for days before the hospital exploded that it was going to get bombed? So even if Israel didn't do this, weren't they gonna? And when push comes to shove, it's like I said in the last segment, it's not good versus evil here, guys. It's an evil government versus an evil terrorist organization. It's as simple as that. It's like Ukraine versus Russia. Just because you're anti-Ukraine doesn't mean that you're pro-Putin. I can't tell you how many thousands of people have told me on my Twitter account that I'm a Putin shill just because I don't want to fund Nazis in Ukraine. And the fact of the matter is, I don't believe that Putin is a good good guy. I, I, I believe he probably loves his country. I believe he's probably very corrupt. I believe that he has locked up hundreds, if not thousands, of journalists. I believe that he assassinates political opponents. Namely, the leader of the Wagner Group. So I'm not a pro-Putin guy by any means. I just don't think that we need to fund a war of Nazis against former commies. Why? Why would we do that? We will be getting more into this in the next segment. Make sure you stick with us during this break. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com. We have BrainForce Plus at 60% off. This is tied for my favorite product that we've ever sold. I take one every day whenever I remember to take one, and I do notice a marked difference in my performance, my mental focus, my energy when I take one. I highly recommend that if you haven't tried BrainForce Plus, you bite the bullet and get it today at 60% off. This product does sell incredibly quickly, and the reason it does is because it's actually totally effective. It lights me up like a Christmas tree, similar to TurboForce Plus, which is out of stock because it's another great product. But make sure you get in line for some awesome products at InfoWarsStore.com. And stick with us, folks. We'll be back right after this break to cover more news over this hour and take some calls later on in the show. You're going to want to pay attention to what I'm about to say in the next 60 seconds. Two new incredible products are now available exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. They are both clones of national best-selling products from a major pharmaceutical slash supplement maker that are listeners and patriots that are allowing us to private label it at a lower price you'll find in stores. It's Joint Relief Max and Nerve Renew. Both of these have known documented natural compounds to lower pain and to also make your nerves healthier, which is one of the major reasons nerves get irritated and are more inductive to pain. There's major research behind this all. You need to get Joint Relief Max from InfoWars MD and Nerve Renew from InfoWars MD exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com right now. Introducing them both, 25% off. You'll find them exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com and they fund our operation. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, filling in for the great Harrison Smith for the next two months. But don't worry, he is not gone for two months. He will be hosting The War Room. So make sure you tune in in the afternoon and show support for Harrison. 
as he engages with the War Room audience, which many of you are also a part of. And we are going to be holding down the fort for the next two months while Owen is on a federal government-sponsored vacation, similar to the plethora of vacations that Joe Biden has been taking. Quote, get the F up. Biden strolls on the beach as America and the world goes to hell. Great post by Steve Watson here on Infowars.com. Americans reacted with disbelief over the weekend as Joe Biden went for yet another beach vacation despite the world teetering on the brink of full-scale war. Despite Americans still being held hostage by terrorists and despite the announcement of record numbers of illegals pouring into the country, here's what Biden was doing all weekend. At the beach, as can be expected... This is what the country looks like without a president. This is what a ship looks like without a captain. We are rudderless and we are being run by committees and administrations and staffers without any sort of leaders. Meanwhile, in Sweden, one in four ISIS brides returned to Sweden now work in Swedish schools, a shocking report reveals. And we spoke about this last week. I know I spoke about it when I covered the Saturday Night Live, excuse me, the Sunday Night Live show. How by 2050, the majority of the population in Europe will be Muslim, and we see these manifestations creeping up. They will be more frequent as time goes on over the next couple of decades. More than a quarter of all ISIS brides returned to Sweden from the Al-Hol camp in Syria are now working with young children in the Swedish education sector. An investigation by the Expressen newspaper has revealed of the 81 women confirmed to have fled Sweden to join the Islamic State at the peak of its power and the subsequently repatriated 21 were found to now be employed by Swedish schools, kindergartens and asylum centers for kids. This is Replacement migration. It's replacement migration. This is what's going on. This is why it is important for Christian, God-fearing, patriotic Americans to have children. I know that you're responsible, and it is expensive to have kids, but the enemy doesn't seem to care about that. It is better that you be financially strapped with many like-minded children in this country than it is that you be prosperous and have No children, because the future of this country depends on our culture perpetuating itself, and if not expanding, at least sustaining its place in the world, because the world is a better place, not with America acting as a police state, but with Western culture thriving, with the pursuit of truth thriving, with ideas like freedom of speech being fought for, Freedom of expression, freedom of religion, the right to assemble, all the things which the federal government is coming after now are not things which will be protected in any part of the world if we do not maintain our Western values. Meanwhile, Peter Thiel was an FBI informant, according to a new report. And I know that headline makes it sound like Peter Thiel was just discovered to be a bad guy because, after all, we do know that the FBI is in itself a terrorist organization, or at least an organization with terrorist tendencies. Tech billionaire and GOP mega donor Peter Thiel has been revealed to be an FBI informant, according to a new exclusive report. Thiel, 56, who co-founded PayPal, so this would make him a close acquaintance at least of Elon Musk, reportedly became a confidential human source for the FBI in the summer of 2021. 
So this is after the Biden administration came into power. The allegations came from Charles Johnson, a tech investor and longtime associate of Teal, who spoke with the outlet. Insider writes that Johnson had stepped forward with his expose because of perceived bad decisions by Teal's Founders Fund, among other things. Now, what's fascinating about this is the fact that he was outed as a FBI informant is going to be an interesting tidbit when we realize what he was actually working on. Confidential human sources is defined by FBI policy as a person who provides valuable information on a recurring basis to the agency. The guide states that the source enters into a relationship with the FBI, and that relationship will forever affect the life of that individual. Now, typically how this works is the FBI can either threaten you with charges or pay you to be a source – and we know that FBI, excuse me, that Peter Thiel being, I believe, the very first investor in Facebook, a multi, multi, multi-billionaire, I don't know what his net worth is, but it's in the billions upon billions of dollars, is not somebody who the FBI could afford to buy. And we also know that Peter Thiel has been the subject of many mass media campaigns against him because of his influence within the Republican Party. We know that Gawker outed him as a homosexual, and as a response to that, Peter Thiel did some pretty sophisticated things to ensure that Gawker would go bankrupt. And so it's unlikely that the FBI actually had any dirt on Thiel, so the only reason that Peter Thiel would choose to be an FBI informant, as far as I can tell, would be if he actually believed in the cause for which he was informing The FBI goes on to say that a person like this will be either an FBI source or a former FBI source forever, and in turn, his or her conduct or misconduct will reflect upon the FBI. So he basically joined teams. But what was he informing on? Teal reportedly became an informant to Jonathan Buma, a Los Angeles-based FBI agent who specializes in investigating political corruption and foreign influence campaigns. Johnson was the one to recruit Teal to be an informant, orchestrating a meeting between Teal and Buma, the outlet reports. Johnson also claimed that he was an FBI informant who worked with Buma. A source confirmed Johnson's account of events, and Business Insider said it was able to confirm that the FBI added Teal to a formal roster of registered informants through an additional source. Person close to Teal also told the outlet that the billionaire had spoken to Buma on multiple occasions and alleged that any information Teal had given to Buma was part of the billionaire distancing himself from past GOP campaigns, such as former President Donald Trump, whom Teal backed in 2016 with a $1.25 million donation. Johnson told the outlet that Teal is believed to have provided insight into foreign contacts in any of their attempts to infiltrate Silicon Valley. The outlet reports that this theory was backed up by Teal's calls for government agencies to investigate Google's ties to the Chinese Communist Party. So it looks like he was primarily informing on the CCP's influence over American politicians and their infiltration of Silicon Valley. This would line up with Teal's public statements and views. It does not seem that he was an FBI informant that was being used to do things like justify investigations into the Trump administration or catalyze further prosecutions against Trump or MAGA Republicans or J6ers. It seems like he got involved with the FBI in part of 
a war against the Chinese Communist Party's influence on our politics, our culture, and our tech. And that's why it's so interesting to me that he was outed because obviously now that it's public information that he was an FBI informant, his efficacy as an FBI informant is severely inhibited, if not totally eradicated. He can no longer inform against the CCP because the CCP now knows that he is an informant. So this appears to me to be in and of itself, an attack by the CCP against the white hats within the FBI that are actually harboring traditional patriotic values. I've said for a long time that I believe there is a schism in our intelligence community. I believe there are good people in the FBI and bad people in the FBI. And that's why you see things like, on the one hand, the prosecution of the Epsteins of the world, but on the other hand, the covering up. It's because there are good agents in there trying to lock these people up, and then there are bad agents in there covering the actions of these people up stick with us folks we'll be back after this break make sure you visit infowarsstore.com get brainforce plus at 60 percent off i live and die by this stuff i recommend that you do the same and we will be right back why do you think the globalists are desperately trying to censor everybody why are they attacking myself and donald trump and elon musk everybody else because they can't get through this giant megalomaniacal power grab if we're here exposing them But we're not just exposing their operation. In my new book, we give you the solutions to build a new, better world, an alternative to Klaus Schwab's You Will Eat the Bugs. This is the Great Awakening, the plan to defeat the globalist and launch the second great renaissance. It's a companion to my last book that was a number one worldwide bestseller. And this book is even thicker and even more powerful. Get your copy of The Great Awakening today at InfoWarsStore.com. Either signed as a fundraiser, and I thank you for the support, or unsigned. But whatever you do, take action now. We're fighting for you, but we can't keep on if you don't support us. So please, get the historic book now. Go now to InfoWarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. The Great Awakening at InfoWarsStore. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, hosting the show today until Christmas. With a few exceptions here and there, I will be taking a break for a couple of days because I am going to be on TimCast on November 6th. So make sure you tune in for Tim Pool on that night. 
U.S. travel to Europe will require prior approval and biometric scanning. This report just in on Infowars.com. Traveling to most European countries is about to get more complicated and invasive for American citizens. In spring 2025, you'll have to first request permission. And you'll be saying adieu to passport stamps and ciao to facial and fingerprint scans and having your biometric data stored in an enormous government database. This sounds like just the thing that might happen if we were about to go into World War III. And I haven't done the research on this. I would love to look into the research on this. I wonder what it was like during World War II for Americans who wanted to visit London. I wonder what they instituted. I wonder if there's any parallels or similarities between what we see here with the U.S. government increasing the difficulty and surveillance of international travel and what we saw in World War II. On Friday, an agency of the European Union announced the updated timing for the European Travel Information and Authorization System, which is first set to roll out in 2024. It applies to travelers from more than 60 countries that are currently exempt from visa requirements, these countries have an aggregate population of 1.4 billion. So about a fifth of the world's population is going to be subject to these new stringent policies. As is the case today, Americans won't need a visa, but they will need to apply in advance for permission to visit any of 30 EU countries for stays lasting up to 90 days. That's up to 90 days. So basically, if you want to go over there for a day, you're going to need advanced permission now. It will cost about $8 to apply. That's nice. With requests submitted via the official ETIAS website or ETIAS mobile app. And it's always frustrating to me to hear this because we have these policies, this type of surveillance When normal, law-abiding American citizens with all the right paperwork want to visit the home of their ancestors, yet we have none of the likes of this in terms of people crossing into our country via the southern border. And just more evidence that World War III is on the cusp in addition to these Stringent policies. Hamas leader holds talks with top Iranian official amid growing fears the Israel-Gaza war could mushroom, for lack of a better term, into a wider Middle East conflict as IDF strikes two Hezbollah cells in Lebanon and Syrian international airports. This war, folks, has already expanded and has been expanded beyond just Israel and Gaza. When you have Israel, a recognized nation of the world, of the earth, launching strikes on airports in other recognized countries like Syria and Lebanon. This is a war of many nations. So just to assess what's going on here, we have China funding Iran. We have Iran funding Hamas. We have Hamas attacking Israel, and we have Israel attacking not only Hamas, but Hezbollah in Lebanon and in Syria, all while Russia is at war with Ukraine and threatening war against NATO countries while our president is at the beach. So if World War III hasn't already started, at what point do you acknowledge that it has begun? At what line is World War III catalyzed? What line has to be crossed? 
when is it actually World War III? We think of World War as this nuclear conflict because the end of World War II was nuclear. And I think for some reason Americans have it in the back of their heads, in the back of their minds, that it's not a world war unless there's a nuclear conflict. But that's just not true anymore. It never was true. You can have a world war without nuclear conflict being at the beginning of it. It's likely that nuclear conflict will be at the end of it. But at what point do we acknowledge that we are in World War III? Is it when China cuts off trade with us or when it becomes illegal for Americans to do business with the Chinese or trade with the Chinese under the Trading with the Enemy Act? At what point are we going to admit that World War III has already started? We're sending troops over to the region for the conflict. We've got many nuclear powers threatening to attack one another. We have Israel actually bombing several different nations at once. And like I said time and time again, and I'll just reiterate it, I believe Israel has a right to defend itself. I believe that... In the event of this terrorist attack, there should have been some sort of response. I don't believe in the bombing of civilians, regardless of who is putting those civilians at risk. But for this conflict to escalate to multi-nations and for the United States to be sending aid after aid and billions after billions and boots on the ground... When is our country going to stop going to war? It reminds me of what happened with... The Soviet Union during the Cold War. Because the thing is with communism, it doesn't work unless there's consistent exponential expansion. It's like a Ponzi scheme. A Ponzi scheme works as long as you get new people to join the scheme at a faster rate than the scheme costs. Then you have to pay out. And as long as communism expands, it works. It works as long as China has a symbiotic relationship with a capitalist superpower. The reason that communism works in China, to the extent that it does, is because they have allowed some capitalism in and they depend on the influx of dollars from the United States into their economy. And as soon as that goes away, the communism will collapse. The reason communism worked as long as it did in the Soviet Union is because it was expanding like it was and it failed because it could expand no further and it collapsed in on itself like a Ponzi scheme. And we see the same thing happening with our fractional reserve banking system here in the United States. The Federal Reserve has to keep loaning money. It has to increase the national debt in order to sustain itself because the money is fake. And if we don't expand the demand for dollars, if GDP does not keep up with the rate of inflation or the interest payments on the debt, then it collapses in on itself. And one of the last things that happens before an individual or a business declares bankruptcy is it starts to take out more loans in order to pay off old loans. So it's one thing to take out a loan in order to invest in your business or to buy equipment for your business or supplies for your business or to hire staff for your business so that you can grow the business at a rate that creates a greater profit than the cost of the debt. That's one thing. But when you're taking out debt to pay off debt, you're not actually solving a problem. You're just creating a bigger problem of which does not have to be dealt with until a later date. And we are at the point here in the United States of America where our treasury came out and said, hey, if you don't raise the debt ceiling by June 30th, we're not going to be able to pay off the interest on the existing debt. 
We're going to default. So now we're not taking out debt to invest in anything. We're taking out debt to sustain our current debt. This is the last stage before a collapse. And so our intelligence community, which believes that it is working for the best interests of our national security, realizes that this country cannot sustain itself unless the dollar remains the global reserve currency and unless demand for the dollar increases at a great enough rate. So what's going to happen? We're going to be in a conflict in the Middle East to ensure that oil is traded with U.S. dollars, like originally agreed upon in OPEC, and we're going to do everything we can to increase the demand for dollars internationally, namely World War III. They want this to happen because in some screwed up, unjust, evil, sick way, in the mind of our intelligence community, the best thing for national security is World War III because they know that if our currency collapses and if unemployment goes up to 30% in this country and if you have to walk into the grocery store with a wheelbarrow full of cash in order to get a loaf of bread, they know what happens because they saw what happened in Germany in 1929 through 1933. And the ugly truth of the matter, the ugly fact of the matter is that if something like that were to happen and Americans reclaimed their country in some sort of desperate patriotism, the likelihood that finger-pointing would result in unjust consequences for innocent people is extremely high. And so we have been put in a corner. Our country, our currency, our military, everything about the United States of America is in a corner right now, and it is gnashing its teeth like a prophecy from the Messiah himself in end times. So that's why you have to go to InfoWarsStore.com and get Life Select because food might be hard to come by in the next couple of years, folks. Stick with us. We'll be back right after this break. Naturally sourced from the finest hemp plants in America, Rebel Zen offers the absolute finest quality CBD available and at the lowest prices. Extracted using a cold-pressed technique to retain the molecular integrity of the cannabinoids and terpenes within the plant, this full-spectrum formula ensures that your nervous system gets the full benefits of CBD. Premium quality organic CBD, like Rebel Zen, has been shown to naturally reduce anxiety, relieve pain, and decrease inflammation. People have reported a reduction in symptoms of insomnia, arthritis, seizures, chronic pain, and epilepsy. Several studies have shown it helps to reduce cortisol, increase serotonin, and boost vitality. Order yours today at InfoWarsStore.com. Tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal. We are in the second hour, snapping necks and cashing checks. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com and be the reason that we are still on the air. So much news to cover today. Sometimes I feel like here at InfoWars, we are writing Revelation 2.0 as we document the end of the world. And I've just decided to have an optimistic attitude about it. Just lean in. It's like the Joker. 
Dark Knight. Hit me, hit me. Moderate Palestinian Authority calls to murder Jews, quote, fight the Jews, and, quote, kill them all. In the startling revelation, an official document recently published by the supposedly moderate Palestinian Authority is shown to outline explicit calls for the murder of Jewish individuals as it calls for, excuse me, as it calls on imams to incite violence against Jews in Friday sermons, citing a religious text for Muslims to fight the Jews and kill them all. So this is where Ben Shapiro comes in and says, see, any anti-Zionism, any anti-Israel rhetoric is actually anti-Semitic. And there's a case to be made for that. I disagree, but this is the case to be made for that right here. This report from Steve Watson on Infowars.com. The document published Friday by the Palestinian Authority's Ministry of Endowments and Religious Affairs provides comprehensive instructions for imams to incite violence against the Jews just because they're Jewish. And that's the fact of the matter. The fact of the matter is Muslims don't like the Jews. They never will like the Jews. And it's probably not anything to do with who has a right to the land, but that is an excuse to just eradicate the entire Jewish population. And I showed you a clip a couple of weeks ago, last week or the week before, on this very program where a student in San Diego, the leader of the Muslim Student Association, explicitly stated that she agreed with the leadership of Hezbollah saying that he wished all Jews would Unite in Israel so that they could be killed in one place. And why is it that you would want something like that if the issues in Israel are actually about who has a right to the Holy Land? It's not just about the land. I'm sure for many Palestinians it is just about the land. In feeling suppressed and oppressed, and and they are. I concede those points. I don't think that Israel is a saint nation. I don't believe that Israel reaches a level of infallibility the Catholics hold to the Pope. But I do believe that radical Islam hates all Jews. And it's funny to me that over the last two years, we have seen rhetoric from our government, from our deep state informing the the mass media narrative from this Biden regime, rhetoric like domestic terrorism – is the greatest threat to national security, that white supremacy is the greatest threat to national security, that anti-Semitism is on the rise. We see ads on networks like Newsmax saying that one in four American Jews was the victim of a hate crime last year. Why are they running ads like that? Well, it's because they know and have known that there was about ready to be a major conflict in Israel. It's even more evidence when you have Bibi Netanyahu coming to visit Elon Musk to talk about anti-Semitism on the platform. When you have the ADL suing Musk to try to control the narrative on the platform. When you have the ADL suing virtually anybody who says anything antagonistic toward Israel for the last several years. It's almost as if they knew this was going to happen. And they wanted it to happen for the reasons I exposed in the last segment. They want World War III because our currency depends on it. Our economy depends on it. And... All intelligence communities have always been and will always be Machiavellian. They believe that the end justifies the means. They use a utilitarian philosophy. It's okay to kill five innocent people if it means saving 20 innocent people. And so based off of what their projections are as to who will die if something happens, they make 
excuses for themselves to kill innocent people on a regular basis. It's better that 3,000 people die in the World Trade Center than 300,000 people die of starvation if the currency used to trade oil is not the U.S. dollar. Stick with us. We'll get more into it in the next segment. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com. Tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. Are you ready for World War III? I am Chase Geyser. Filling in for Harrison Smith, but don't worry, he will be on the air every day for 60 days in the afternoon during the war room. Six terrifying steps that could see Gaza crisis spiral into World War III with Brit in U.S. boots on the ground, warns ex-Navy chief. This is from The Sun on the 21st. Israel overreacting, being won. War spreading to Lebanon, check, already done. Assad and Putin team up, check, already done. A war with Iran, about to happen. Iran being a nuclear power, in my opinion, Israel already being a nuclear power, in my opinion, if there is a nuclear exchange, it is on, folks. And, you know, that's the one thing, that's the one thing that would keep this from going to World War III is the fact that Iran knows that Israel is a nuclear power and Israel knows that Iran is a nuclear power. And if this whole thing was allowed to happen, as I believe it was, if this whole thing was allowed to happen because Bibi wanted to secure his own power in a politically divided Israel and wanted to create international support to wipe all the Muslims off the face of the Gaza Strip and the West Bank. The one thing that would hold him back from doing such a thing would be the threat of nuclear war because nuclear war is perhaps the greatest risk to the actual lives of the leaders of nations. I know that the only time that a nuclear bomb was actually used in a conflict was when only one nation has had one. But even then, even with Hiroshima and Nagasaki, we didn't actually bomb the leadership of Japan. We didn't just go straight for the government itself for whatever reason. I don't know if at the time that was considered a war crime, but I do believe it is a crime, a war crime to target heads of state explicitly. But if Iran and Israel actually engage in a nuclear conflict, there is a serious threat to the life of Bibi Netanyahu himself. Just like if Ukraine and Russia were to engage in a nuclear conflict where Russia were to use nuclear arms, it would likely fall on Kiev. And it would be a great threat to the life of Zelensky himself. And so I think the, the real reason that nations avoid nuclear war is not because of what they fear will happen to their people, because we know that governments don't actually care about their people, at least not for long, but because our politicians are afraid of what will happen to them. I mean, what better way to drain the swamp than for Russia to nuke Washington, D.C.? I mean, you want to talk about draining the swamp. And so it seems to me that our politicians would avoid a nuclear exchange at all costs because, after all, it is the greatest likelihood that they would actually die in the war. You know, back in the day when countries would go to war, kings would actually go to the battles themselves. They would lead the invasions themselves, the noble ones at least. They would fight on the fronts themselves. And 
if they lost the battle or the war, oftentimes these kings would have their heads roll. But that doesn't happen anymore. We live in a generation of generations where our leaders send young boys to fight on their behalf. And if they lose, oh, too bad. I'm just going to retire now. But in the event of a nuclear exchange, the likelihood that D.C. would be nuked while our politicians were there is so great. And even if they were in their safe little bunkers, when they came up for air, it would be so radiated and dangerous and screwed up. That this war with Iran seems to me would be something that would want to be, that Israel would want to avoid at all costs. But we know that Iran has been the number one funder of terrorism throughout the world for decades. We know that they were involved in funding the likes of Al Qaeda and others in the region of ISIS. And we know that they are the trunk of the tree that is terrorism in the region. They just are and have been. We don't want to go to war with them because we like their oil. They export a ton of oil. They're a main competitor of Saudi Arabia, and they're likely a nuclear power. It's possible that they're not, but I highly doubt it. And so it's possible that given the fact that Iran is a nuclear power, it's possible that this could go two ways. It could be the fact that it could be true that Israel doesn't want a conflict with them because they're nuclear power, or it could be true that Israel does want a conflict with them because they're nuclear power, and they see that as a threat that they need to nip in the bud. Perhaps this whole conflict is the excuse that the United States needs to level Iran before Iran can do something unbecoming of a gentleman. So that could be the start of World War III. U.S. and U.K. enter the fight. That's already happening. Saudi Arabia forced in. That's already on the cusp of happening. These are six things that could lead to World War III. It seems like half of them have already happened. The other three are certainly in the works. And given what we know about the Federal Reserve and Fractional Reserve Banking and the status of our dollar and its importance on our national security and our deep state and how it operates as a utilitarian Machiavellian state in and of itself, it seems to me that World War III is exactly what we want, and we have just been waiting for an excuse. We are, like the Joker, screaming, hit me, hit me, hit me, in some sort of a mad craze. Meanwhile, mRNA COVID vaccines form spike protein in the heart cells because different anomalies, research article says... This is from the Epic Times, COVID vaccines. New research observing rat and human heart cells show that within 48 hours of vaccination, the COVID-19 mRNA vaccines form spike proteins. New research out of Germany observing rat and human heart cells show that within 48 hours of vaccination, we have these spike proteins forming. They're made from the mRNA instructions inside the vaccines. They were detected in the heart cells. And while both Pfizer and Moderna vaccines caused cell abnormalities, the two induced different anomalies. Different responses the cells had to the two mRNA vaccines suggest an mRNA toxicity reaction in these cells, according to Dr. Peter McKellar, who we love and trust here at InfoWars, a leading internetist, excuse me, internist, cardiologist, and epidemiologist who has published over a thousand research reports and is the lead author of one of the first widely utilized treatment regimens for SARS-CoV-2 patients. He added that 48 hours was a short amount of time to observe this. Quote, the findings support both the diagnosis and treatment of cardiac events following mRNA-based COVID vaccination, the author wrote, adding that the findings may explain persistent cardiac symptoms among long COVID patients. And we know that one of the reasons that 
people don't get heart cancer is because the heart doesn't have cell death in the same way that other organs or other parts of the human body have. So one of the causes of cancer is that the more frequently cells replicate, the more likely they are to produce errors. The more likely there is to be a glitch in the code that is our DNA. So the more you duplicate these cells like blood cells or liver cells or lung cells or brain cells, the more likely something goes wrong and that that problem multiplies and duplicates. But with the heart, one of the reasons it's so strong is that it doesn't need to replicate its own cells in the same way that our other organs do. You have the same heart cells for an extended period of time, and if there's an injury to your heart, it's really hard for it to heal itself. You have to pretty much have surgery or a transplant or some sort of operation in order to fix problems with the heart. And so if you have any sort of a medication, whether it's these vaccines or something else that goes in and specifically causes damage to the heart, it's not damage that can be repaired naturally by the body in the same way that damage to other organs can be repaired. If you get punctured in the lung, for example, I believe it can heal itself, at least to some extent. But with the heart, it's not the same. That's why you don't have heart cancer, but you have lung cancer and these other cancers. And so it does seem that the evidence is increasingly supporting the inconvenient truth that these vaccines are harming the hearts of a a not insignificant number of people. Stick with us, folks. Visit InfoWarsStore.com. Get BrainForce Plus at 60% off. I highly recommend it. This is my favorite product, tied for my favorite product in the store. It does make you sharper, more energized, more alert, and improves things like memory from my personal experience. And it just is a great way to be a better, productive member of our society. Stick with us. We'll be back right after this break. satanic new world order is betting against humanity they're betting on our weakness they believe they can destabilize civilization and bring us down to the ashes of history but the trap they've laid for us will be their destruction not ours if we trust in god and if we are valiant and have courage to speak the truth and not comply and engage in civil disobedience and not join the masses who have decided that they are the scum of the earth, who have decided that they will join with this soulless corporate system. As for InfoWars, we are going to steadfastly continue to fight in the information war with our weapon, the truth, against the enemies of humanity. And we put our faith, and we put our trust, and we put our destiny in the hands of God. Because it's been said a trillion times, if God be with us, who can be against us? I'm a humble person, and I want to say that I'm just a man, but I'm not just a man. Just like you, no matter what color you are, whether you're a man or a woman, you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you, who has a destiny for you. That's why the system hates you and fears you, and that's why they hate me. It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love. My friends, the enemy's coming after me. Not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because 
you're a bad person because you're a good person. Because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. But I can't fight this fight without you. And that's why I want you always to remember that I appreciate you and I thank you because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, filling in for the great Harrison Smith, who is in turn filling in for the great Owen Schroyer, who is in turn in prison because our government is totally corrupt and should be redone from the ground up. Herzog confirms Israel found Hamas files with instructions for making chemical weapons. And I'm just going to reiterate this because it's such a politically tense environment. I am not anti-Jewish. I am not anti-Semitic. I just question the ethics of the government of Israel. And I believe that Hamas is a terrorist organization, and I believe that what they did was a terrorist attack, and that they killed innocent people. I think they are even more evil. Okay? But when I read something like this, it sounds to me like BS. Check this out. Israeli President Isaac Herzog confirmed on Sunday's Axios report that the IDF found a USB key with instructions for producing a cyanide dispersion device on the body of a Hamas operative who participated in the October 7th terrorist attack. Tell me this. Why is it? If you were planning to create a chemical weapon that could disperse cyanide over a large geographic area, why is it that you would carry the information or the plans for that on your body when going into a major battle in enemy territory? This is like finding the plans to the Death Star on the body of a random stormtrooper in a conflict on Hoth. This, to me, screams the weapons of mass destruction narrative that we got as a justification to invade Iraq. An invasion, Alex Jones famously predicted a year to the date before it happened, by the way. The big picture, Herzog's comments in an interview with Sky News are part of a wider Israeli diplomatic effort to mobilize support in the West for the Israeli operation against Hamas. So they're even saying that they're doing a campaign to get support. They're explicitly saying that. And if they wanted support from the United States for a conflict in the Middle East, what would work better than claims of weapons of mass destruction, specifically chemical weapons of mass destruction? After all, it worked the last time when we wanted the U.S. to spend 20 years in foreign wars. Quote, this is how shocking the situation is where we're looking at the instructions that are given on how to operate and how to create a kind of non-professional chemical weapon with cyanide. Why would an operative on the ground, just a foot soldier, be carrying that USB with him? Why wouldn't he maybe leave that at home if he was about ready to go into a battle in enemy territory? 
Axios reported on Saturday that the Israeli Foreign Ministry's Weapons of Mass Destruction Non-Proliferation Department sent a classified cable to Israeli embassies in dozens of capitals worldwide, including Washington, late last week under the headline, quote, Hamas intention of using chemical weapons. This is just like what was used as the excuse to get into Iraq against Saddam Hussein. The authenticity of the Hamas file could not be independently verified by Axios, of course, but Israeli officials have previously said they wouldn't share information with allies if they didn't think it was authentic and reliable. Take our word for it. It is not clear from the file whether Hamas had any serious or operational plan for using makeshift chemical weapons or whether the group had attempted to produce them. It's weapons of mass destruction 2.0, folks. They want us in the war. Meanwhile, China is deploying six warships to the Middle East over fears Israel crisis could spark World War III. The Chinese military has deployed its 44th Naval Escort Task Force to the Middle East amid rising tensions in Israel. And China is at the height of its power, claims John Bolton. So even John Bolton is hyping up the threat that is China. Now it's not only Russia that is a great threat to the U.S. national security. We're hearing basically nothing about Ukraine anymore. We've totally shifted to Israel as Ukraine became more and more clearly the loser of this conflict and lost more and more support among the American people. We have to shift threat to Israel and to the United States and to blame China. China has deployed six warships to the Middle East as the conflict between Israel and Hamas escalates, according to reports. The 44th Naval Escort Task Force from the People's Liberation Army, Eastern Theater, has been involved in routine operations in the region and spent several days in Oman last week. Chinese warships left Muscat for an unspecified location on Saturday after participating in an exercise with the Omani Navy. The task force includes the Zebo, a guided missile destroyer, the frigate Jingzhou, and the supply ship Kiangdahu, all of which will be stationed in the Middle East as Israel prepares for a ground invasion of Gaza. So it's tit for tat. The U.S. sends carriers. China sends support. This is all part of the escalation. Citing escalating Iran threats, the Pentagon sends second carrier Patriot missiles and THAAD to the Middle East. Austin is adding a second carrier strike group to the area and activated the deployment of Patriot and Terminal High Altitude Area Defense Missile Defense Systems. This reported on the 21st. President Biden and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin have made rapid moves to add missile defense and naval forces to the Middle East in response to escalations by Iran and its proxy forces. And keep in mind, folks, that whenever they say defense, there's always an offensive component. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but the Secretary of Defense used to be the Secretary of War, and they changed the name of the role to be politically correct. So whenever you hear about national defense or defense operations or defense mess- missiles, just say to yourself, okay, national war, national War defense. Anytime you hear the word defense, just replace it with war. And that's really a more accurate interpretation of what's going on here. Missile defense systems, missile attack systems, missile war systems. It's all the same. The USS Ford and its supporting carrier strike group has been in the eastern Mediterranean Sea for at least a week. And now Austin is adding a second carrier strike group to the area and activated the deployment of Patriot and Terminal High Altitude Area Defense Missile Systems 
for the region, as we stated. Following detailed discussions with President Biden on recent escalations by Iran and its proxy forces across the Middle East region, today I directed a series of additional steps to further strengthen the Department of Defense posture in the region, or the Department of War posture in the region, Austin said in a Pentagon statement. So we have China sending carriers, we have, or warships, we have the U.S. sending carriers, we have Russia threatening strikes, stating that it's within range, all of our forces are within range of its own missiles. We have Ukraine crumbling after billions upon billions of dollars have been flooded into it. We have Israel bombing Lebanon and Syria in addition to wiping out everything that draws breath in the Gaza Strip. And we have talks with Iran as tensions escalate there. We know that Iran is funding Hamas and wants to see the death of all Jews and the death of Israel. We know that Saudi Arabia is a major competitor of Iran, but also not particularly friendly to Israel. So it'll be interesting to see whose side they fall on, all while the United States wants nothing more than to secure the dollar's presence as the global reserve currency, the currency through which all oil is traded. Everything is in place. Everything is in the pot, just boiling, ready to be served in this stew of World War III. Visit InfoWarsStore.com and help InfoWars win the war on your mind. Last year, we put this book out, The Great Reset and the War for the World. It became a number one national bestseller. Now we've put part two out, and it's even thicker and more powerful. The Great Awakening, the plan to defeat the globalists and launch the second great renaissance. This is such a powerful book. It covers all the globalist plans, the latest developments, how to stop them, and then gives an alternate plan of a society we could build together. That's why it's The Great Awakening. The Great Awakening is happening right now. You can get signed or unsigned copies of the book at InfoWarsStore.com. This is a historic book. I want to thank you all for your support. This is next level information, and it's a great way to not just support the broadcast, but inform yourself of the next level and share the book with friends and family. So whether you want one copy or multiple copies, go now to InfoWarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. This is going to go to number one. I want to thank you for your support. It's a powerful book. Get yours now. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. through the censorship barrier, one truth at a time. You're listening to The American Journal. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, filling in for the great Harrison Smith. We will be taking calls pretty soon. I'm not ready to give out the number just yet. I want to hit a couple more stories before we do. Beginning of the show today, we touched on what's happening at the border biden's catch and release network frees over half a million illegal aliens into the u.s in nine months that's five hundred thousand freed aliens in the u.s in the last nine months president joe biden's catch and release network at the united states mexico border has released more than half a million border crossers and illegal aliens into the nation's interior in the last nine months alone new data reveals this all in the context of a story that we touched on earlier the worst ever illegal border crossing numbers were quietly announced on saturday morning so while the president is releasing half a million illegals quietly into the united states we know that there have been millions upon millions who have come in 
And like we said, 267 terrorists apprehended 8 million-plus illegal immigrants and tens of thousands of people of interest from terrorist-sponsored regions. It's not an accident or a coincidence, as Donald Trump Jr. tweeted. Great article from Steve Watson here on Infowars.com. About 100,000 protesters joined the pro-Palestinian march through London, and this ties in to the illegal immigration conversation because it's not just people from Central or South America, folks. This is the bridge to America for all terrorists worldwide who seek to harm civilians in our country. This is how our Global enemies can infiltrate us physically. They've infiltrated us culturally. They've infiltrated us economically through organizations like the WEF and NATO and the United Nations. And now to infiltrate us physically, they are using our vulnerabilities at the border in order to get people into our country who hate our country. It's just a fact of the matter. And so on every front, we are being attacked and losing to such an extent that it doesn't seem to me that it's just as a result of Joe Biden being a dementia-ridden buffoon, but it seems to me that he's sold out the country. It seems to me that there is some sort of CCP kickback or WEF kickback or some sort of international kickback going to this regime. It is not an administration. It is a regime. Because how could you possibly make so many bad decisions? I'm 32 years old. I'll be 33 this week. I consider myself a smart guy, but not somebody who is remotely equipped to be the president of the United States. I've never thought of myself as someone competent enough to do perhaps the most difficult job in the world. The only qualification that I have is that I love this country. But the others I I don't have. I don't have the management skills. I don't have the knowledge I don't have the leadership skills. I don't have the political experience or skills. There is no way that I would be a good president of the United States despite all my best intentions. I just don't believe that. But I believe that I would be much better than President Joe Biden, and that terrifies me. If you can look at yourself in the mirror and say that you would be a better president, you as an average American would be a better president than the sitting president of the United States, that is cause for concern. And so while 100,000 protesters join pro-Palestinian protesters in a march through London, which has seen a great influx in refugees from these radical nations, we see the same thing happening in New York with thousands of protesters demanding the eradication of Israel, and they're clashing with the NYPD. Thousands of anti-Israel protesters clashed with police Saturday night after they refused to vacate the Bay Ridge Street they had flooded for hours. The, quote, flood Brooklyn for Palestine, end quote, demonstration devolved into chaos as night fell, with protesters completely shutting down traffic, screaming at police, and lighting small fires in the middle of the roadways. The aggressive protesters dug their heels into the ground when the NYPD tried to push them out of the 72nd Street and 5th Avenue, where 5,000 ralliers converged earlier in the day to demand that the United States withdraw support for its closest ally in the Middle East. So we've already seen the effects of mass migration here in the United States, regardless of whether these specific protesters are legal or illegal. This is what happens when you import a culture that hates you into your country 
They do everything they can to dismantle your country, to eradicate your culture. And I am not even saying that the United States should support Israel. But the fact that these protesters are pro-terrorism, on the other hand, is totally alarming to me. And it doesn't matter that a poll shows the majority of Americans say the U.S. should not send weapons and supplies to Israel. Because our government doesn't work on behalf of its constituents. Our government doesn't represent the people. Our government joins international organizations like NATO and the United Nations and the World Economic Forum. And they work with other global leaders to ensure that the power dynamic stays the same. They protect each other's power over each other's people. In I scratch your back, you scratch mine sort of way, there is more international global power conglomeration and support and work and cooperation than there is cooperation between the Republican and the Democratic Party in our own Congress. Our government would rather work with our enemies than work with those who disagree among us. So it doesn't matter what the majority of Americans want. On any given issue, our politicians are just going to do whatever keeps them in power. The majority of people in this country don't support Congress. The majority of people in this country do support things like term limits. The majority of people in this country are opposed to things like insider trading among our representatives. But our politicians never seem to change those laws. In fact, they've repeatedly over the course of history voted for things like income tax increases, voted for things like their own salary increases, despite the fact that their constituents aren't for that, because they know what they can get away with and what they can't. And so until, until we start holding our own politicians accountable for their actions, we're going to continue to have politicians who sell out what's in our best interest, who sell out Americans themselves, our country, to foreign interests in order to secure their own wealth and power. Hamas and IDF ground forces clashed for the first time inside Gaza. All while we import enemies of our own country. Hamas has claimed to have repelled a brief Israeli ground incursion in what marks the first such reported direct ground fight between two sides in Gaza. The Al-Qassam brigades announced its fighters destroyed two Israeli military bulldozers and a tank as part of an ambush amid the IDF's conducting limited incursions into the Strip. This sort of conflict is the reason why Benjamin Netanyahu may have had incentive to allow the attack on Israel to happen those weeks ago. A ground war in Gaza is brutal and bloody, and I believe that the leadership in the Israeli government would rather have innocent civilians die in Palestine than soldiers die from Israel. They'd rather have innocent civilians die in Israel than soldiers die from Israel. The U.S. advises Israel to delay a Gaza invasion, officials say. This reported yesterday. The Biden administration has advised Israel to delay a ground invasion of Gaza, hoping to buy time for hostage negotiations and to allow more humanitarian aid to reach Palestinians in the sealed-off enclave, according to several U.S. officials. So the United States is having to push back against Israel going in and doing a ground invasion because Israel doesn't seem to care as much for the humanitarian or hostage situation as perhaps international onlookers do. And so the summation of everything we've talked about today is that World War III is about to happen. And regardless of what you hear in the news, 
There doesn't really seem to be a good side. There just seems to be special interests on all sides. And our government doesn't care about protecting our own borders, but it cares about protecting the borders of Ukraine or the sanctity of Israel. Meanwhile, Europe's culture is being totally outbred, and the United States imports enemies of our country without any sort of batting the eye. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. Visit InfoWarsStore.com to be the reason we're still on the air. The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities. They ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda in the New York Times, other major newspapers, that the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have that communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding, is our normal biological actions are coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. Why do you think the globalists are desperately trying to censor everybody? Why are they attacking myself and Donald Trump and Elon Musk and everybody else? Because they can't get through this giant megalomaniacal power grab if we're here exposing them. But we're not just exposing their operation. In my new book, we give you the solutions to build a new, better world, an alternative to Klaus Schwab's You Will Eat the Bugs. This is the Great Awakening. The plan to defeat the globalist and launch the second great renaissance. It's a companion to my last book that was a number one worldwide bestseller. And this book is even thicker and even more powerful. Get your copy of The Great Awakening today at InfoWarsStore.com. Either signed as a fundraiser, and I thank you for the support, or unsigned. But whatever you do, take action now. We're fighting for you, but we can't keep on if you don't support us. So please, get the historic book now. Go now to InfoWarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. The Great Awakening at InfoWarsStore. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal. I am Chase Geyser filling in. We are going to be taking calls at the beginning of the next segment. I'm going to give out the number now because I want you you guys to get in line. I want to hear what you have to say about everything going on. Call in 877-789-2539. Again, that's 877-789-2539. Last time, 877-789-2539. The sooner you call, the more likely I am to be able to get to you in the next hour. We might do some calls at the end of this segment, too, depending on how many of y'all call in. I want to talk about this conflict, obviously, but any other thing that comes to mind as well. I know that this is a tired subject. So if you feel like talking about something else, feel free to bring it up. But I'm happy to talk about this. This is obviously what's been on top of mind for me recently. Mr. Weber just put this on my desk. AP won't let reporters call Hamas a terrorist organization. 
Many news outlets, blogs, and other publications, probably far too many, rely on the Associated Press style book or style guide. Just for the record, this outlet is not one of them. This is hotair.com. And infowars.com is not one of those either, for that matter. But because it is so widely used, you may be noticing something missing from much of the coverage of the ongoing war between Hamas and Israel in the wake of the October 7th terror attacks. That would be the word terrorist as the free beacon discovered. It's like I was saying at the beginning of the show, folks. It is so rare for war to actually be good versus evil. It's not like Hollywood. It's not like Star Wars. It's not like Lord of the Rings where Mordor is just evil for the sake of it and everybody else is good. Maybe a few people are in between. War is often evil versus evil. I believe it could even be good versus good. If you look at the Civil War, for example, in the United States, I would say that there were people with very good intentions on both sides of that war, not necessarily the leadership. But regardless of how you feel about Israel, to say that Hamas is not a terrorist organization is absolutely ridiculous. It is definitely a terrorist organization. Maybe Israel is. I don't know. Seems to kill civilians indiscriminately itself. But just because one side is evil doesn't mean that one side is good. And I believe that I have the perfectly moderate interpretation of the events going on. In or on an issue that it's almost impossible to be moderate on. I believe on the one hand that Hamas is evil that it is a terrorist organization, that the majority of Palestinians support Hamas, that the majority of them are likely terrorists or at least terrorist sympathizers, at least 87%, according to the research I've looked in. And on the other hand, I believe that the government of Israel allowed this terrorism to happen as an excuse to eradicate an entire people in an entire region. Neither one of those sounds really good. So you've got the Ben Shapiro's on one side who say Israel's perfect, can't make any mistakes. It is totally right, and Hamas is the only evil. It's good versus evil. Then you have the other side, which are these leftists and refugees in our country that are protesting in the streets that Palestine needs to be freed and they could do no wrong, totally disregarding the terrorist attack that happened on the 7th, which was atrocious and sickening. And the fact of the matter, the inconvenient truth is, and the reason no one's reporting this, is that they both suck. That's why I'm an America first guy. I only care about my country. I only care about my people. My heart goes out to innocent people worldwide, but I only fight for Americans because a human being only has room for one flag in his heart. Even Jesus Christ himself said one cannot serve two masters. You can't love Ukraine and love the United States. You can't love Israel and love the United States. You have to pick one because eventually there's going to be a conflict of interest like now. And the reason no outlets report on it this way is because if you say Israel sucks, then all the Zionists and all the pro-Israel people hate you. All the conservatives hate you. And if you say that Hamas sucks, then all the people on the left hate you. It's the worst thing you could possibly say on air. And InfoWars might be the only place on earth where it can actually be said without somebody losing their job. Because it's true. The whole purpose of this network is to pursue the truth. 
We get it right at least 95% of the time, as Alex famously says. He's gotten a couple things wrong, but 95 out of 100 things he gets right. And I think it's true for the other two shows, too, as well. I think it's true for the American Journal. I think it's true for War Room. And a 95% correct rate is so much better than any of the other mainstream media networks. Do you think CNN gets 95% of everything right? Do you think that Fox News gets 95% of everything right? I certainly don't. And it's because we're willing on this network to do things, and I can't speak for the other, other hosts. I can only speak for what I think. But we're willing to do things like take the least popular side if the evidence actually supports it. Make sure you call on 877-789-2539. Again, that's 877-789-2539. I actually do want to bounce right into a call. I'm intrigued to hear what Mike in Tennessee has to say. Let's hear from Mike in Tennessee. Mike, what's on your mind? Hey, Chase, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. I called in Alex. Thank you. I called in Alex's show on April 14th of this year Mm -hmm. at the one hour, 42 second mark. And I told Alex the next thing that would drop would be the New World Order starting a war between Israel and the Muslim world, if you guys ever want to pull that clip up. And then I said uh, I had written a book on that uh, entitled Armageddon Deception. That book was published in 2021, so plenty of advance notice on that. I called in your show, and I told you that Amazon had taken my book off. I remember. Now I know why. (laughs) Now I know why. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the bigger picture here is we have the controlled media owned by a lot of Zionists, um, the Rothschilds, mm-hmm. and they want us to, to get our eye off of the bigger picture, which is them. They're the ones that are starting this war, and they want people to pick sides and get their eyes off of what they're doing. And, you know, because they want to roll out their CBDC, and they want to get as many nations in debt begging them for loans so they can, you know, do the high interest and then roll out their system. Let me ask you this. Let me interrupt you and ask you this explicitly. Do you believe that Israel has a right to defend itself? Uh, Well, the thing is, is what we call Israel today. Yeah. Okay. Israel today. I'm not talking about biblical Israel. I'm talking about the nation of Israel as it is. Yeah. Uh, Well... For, for the people, because you feel sorry for the people, right? Yeah. So the average person that actually wants to get Benjamin Netanyahu out of there, um, I feel sorry for them, and they have a right to defend themselves, yes. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as the policy of Benjamin Netanyahu, which you can't really separate from theology, because in the Talmudic understanding, they bring about their Messiah through war. Right. So they're trying to usher in their Gog and Magog, the Muslims are trying to usher in their Gog and Magog, and then we have a bunch of evangelicals uh, that don't know their Bibles here in our country that are jumping for joy and want this war because they think it's going to fulfill So let me interrupt you one more time, just to, just, just to clarify. Do you think that Bibi's motives are actually theological, or do you think yes. that he's just a politician? Well, all of these Khazarian quote-unquote Jews, mm-hmm. they're, they're really big in the Talmud. And you can go back and find articles, uh, even within Israel, where Bibi wanted to make the law of the land the Talmud. I mean, that's like making Sharia law right. in, in a Muslim country, you know? Right. And um, so, yeah, this guy is highly, highly 
<laughs> Talmudic in his understanding of theology. And so he, a lot of people look at him as the Messiah because the Jews understand Messiah to be just a man. Um, back in biblical times, that wasn't the case. They actually believed Messiah would be divine, and that's why Jesus said what he said. Um, but so a lot of people look at Bibi as the Messiah. Now, Messiah is supposed to bring war, and he's supposed to build, rebuild the temple. Or you have like a, a John the Baptist-type figure who prepares the way for the Messiah, right. and he's also supposed to be a man of war. So Bibi's just fulfilling his, what he thinks is his religious holy war. And the Muslims love it because they think it's going to fulfill theirs. But the Dead Sea Scrolls tell us that the Battle of Gog and Magog was actually fought between the Romans and the Jews. This is a war that's right. already been fought. Yep, 60, it's 60, 70, 80. Been fulfilled. Yeah. Amen, brother. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm with you on that, man. Thank you so much for your call. i got to cut you off because we're going to go to break. Make sure you guys visit InfoWarsStore.com and be the reason that we are still on the air. I highly recommend getting Brain Force Plus at 60% off. And make sure you call in 877-789-2539 because I do want to spend the last hour getting your feedback. Again, that's 877-789-2539. The satanic New World Order is betting against humanity. They're betting on our weakness. They believe they can destabilize civilization and bring us down into the ashes of history. But the trap they've laid for us will be their destruction, not ours. If we trust in God and if we are valiant and have courage to speak the truth and not comply and engage in civil disobedience and not join the masses who have decided that they are the scum of the earth, who have decided that they will join with this soulless corporate system. As for InfoWars, we are going to steadfastly continue to fight in the information war with our weapon, the truth, against the enemies of humanity. And we put our faith, and we put our trust, and we put our destiny in the hands of God. Because it's been said a trillion times, if God be with us, who can be against us? 